Check, check, check one, check two. Actually, let's do that for real real quick. All right. All right, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to another Slake Break Tile Money podcast episode brought to you by the Tile Money University, the only place that is dedicated to you, the business owner, to get together once a week on a Zoom call, a mastermind Zoom call with your like-minded peers and discuss your business, discuss marketing, discuss operations, discuss leadership, discuss all the details that we so often forget. Oh yeah, we're in business. Let's think about business. Then we've got private coaching. We have a video tutorial course along with worksheets to help you understand some of the specifics, your numbers, exactly what you should be charging, so on and so forth. And that is the Tile Money University. Learn more. Wherever you're watching this, there's a link in the show notes in the description of this video or podcast where you can learn more about it. So tonight we've got a fun topic, and this is the mud versus foam debate, but I love it. I love the fact that we're approaching this as a group inside the Tile Money uh, Facebook forum, and we're approaching this from a business perspective. And I really think this highlights the, uh, the benefits to giving a business twist on just about everything, to be frankly. And if you're watching this live, go ahead and uh, ask me a question or join in the, the comments and the discussion. If you want to join the original group or check out the comments, Comment comments. There's some comments in the sky tonight. Not much, brother. How are you guys doing? I'm sorry, I can't see your name there. So, anyways, mud versus foam. Justin Johnson said the great debate from coast to coast. I would like to see everyone's opinions on which one is the most profitable. Great discussion. And when we put a business twist on it, it really takes emotions out of it. And it says, you know, what's going to be best for my business? And the comments are. Are, are, are great. I mean, they vary, you know, they're opinionated at, at times, but as a whole, the group is really approaching this conversation from a business perspective, which is really fantastic. And I've got some, uh, I've got my own views, you know, being a C54 California contractor. I mean, out there, they say you're not a tile contractor unless you mud. And fortunately for me, even though I uh, grew up in the trade in Arizona and New York, uh, I learned mud out there as well. And so here we go with these comments already um, is, yeah, it all wins. You know, whatever puts money in your pocket, you know, whatever makes the business move forward. And so that's, that's such a true statement right there. And John Kerry in the group said, you know, mud rules. Mud is a lifetime build and perfect within fractions. And that's a very true statement as well. And one of the points I wanted to say was, you know, when you're considering whether to use mud or not, you got layout considerations. Sometimes mud can take you, you know, like John said, within fractions. You know, one time we took apart uh, a shower and, and the, the gentleman, the contractor I had been working for, he was a builder in San Luis Obispo and he was building a lot of, he, he was into commercial building really and his son was into residential, but I was working for them for a couple of years and then he hired me to uh, build the, the or, or redo the shower in his bathroom, his master bathroom. He was selling the home and he, was, uh, he wanted us to do the work because he, he knew our skill, but he was also wanting us to reuse the glass doors, the swinging glass doors. And we said, we can do it. You know, we took the measurements and we built that shower back, the curb and everything. And it was a three wall shower. So you had a, a half wall and then two walls in the door. And so it was tight, but we built it 
exactly to spec with with mud and you could do it with foam and all that too but with mud i mean you just get it perfect and and so there's layout considerations you go and you talk to somebody like jimmy reed and you start looking at jimmy reed's photos of niches and uh zero cuts in his you know against walls i mean you do that with considering the layout you know and mud helps you do that probably better and quicker and more efficiently than anything i've ever seen yo 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 what's up and so there's a lot of considerations when considering mud versus foam from a business perspective, no doubt. Lucas brings up another great point here. All right, so maybe for your pockets, but not wear and tear on your body. Foam wins in medical bill savings and painkillers. You know what? If you can save yourself from taking some painkillers, do that by all means. Um, so I was going to talk about that. What about my body is the question. It's so true. You know, nothing like humping two five-gallon buckets, six-gallon buckets full of uh, fat mud up, you know, a flight of stairs or two flights of stairs will uh, wear on your body and make you uh, shorter and shorter and shorter over the years. Um, now, however, there are a lot of talented mud installers, you know, mechanics, technicians who will tell you that their body's fine. They're in great shape and, and they stay in shape and they're able to pace themselves and, and grow their muscles and grow their, you know, and so everybody's different in that regards. And then the other thing I wanted to say was if you're at the top of your game and you know you're at the top of your game and you're using a product like mud, you know, first of all, charge accordingly and go a little bit slower. I mean, it's a premium product. It's a heavy product. It's a dirty product. It's something that not a lot of people know how to do, especially depending on if you're not in California. 30 years in the trade, my body is fine. And I imagine, I, I'm not sure who that is, but uh, I imagine you're a, you're a mud dog. All right, Joseph's working at 751 here. And it doesn't surprise me, Joseph. Rock on, brother. So that was one of the things I was thinking of was when it comes to using mud, you know, if you're good at it and, and you're going to do it and, and you're older or maybe you're starting to wear out and you're slowing down and you're in an area where it's demanding and you're doing perfect or near perfect work, raise those prices, save your body, work a little bit less. You know, if mud, if you could bring mud to your area and, and mud was a unique service and you could charge more money for mud, let's say you could charge 30% more for mud. You know, that's our premium shower, Mr. Homeowner, is the mud shower. And, and let's say you're doing 50, you know, let's say you're doing 40 showers a year right now with your small crew and you're doing 40 showers a year. You're going to raise your prices 30%. You could cut back. You could cut back on the amount of showers you're doing by 30% and you would still be making more money. So you could raise your prices 30%, cut back 30%. And I'm that's a quick math there but it, and it might be completely wrong carlo of course carlo's body is great another consideration is reality and and re, re, realistic expectations you know and i i love carl he's a, a fantastic technician and, and but the thing about it is i'm about uh i think i'm a foot 12 inches maybe or so taller than you brother and 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 so one of my points was is it realistic for me is it realistic for the materials? You know, is it realistic for my crew? You know, I, I did a job when we think about floors, for instance, if we're going to dry pack a floor, mud a floor, 
I did a job in uh, Pismo Beach, and my crew knows how to mud. I knew how to mud. Uh, we didn't know how to pour a really big floor and it, it wasn't a huge floor. It's 1400 square feet, 700 on the upstairs condo unit floor and another 700 on the downstairs. It was, um, however, the, the, the condo on Pismo beach, uh, believe it or not was leaning. And, and so we had at the, de at the deepest, we were, I think about an inch and three quarters. And then of course, three quarter inch on the shallow end on the high end of the house. And so to do that with a pour, is that realistic? I mean, what are you going to, you're going to do 10 pours, you know, you're going to do 10 lifts. And we had that dead, dead nuts. I mean, we were doing 48 inch planks by six inches for the president of Walker Zaner. I didn't, I'm not going to screw around. You know, I'm not going to screw around and try to, you know, do 20, 20 lifts with self leveler and spend, you know, $10,000 on materials. It's not realistic. I have a crew, you know, uh, here's another consideration. Do you have the talent pool? You know, is your talent, is your workers, your, your crew and yourself able to do the mud job or able to do the, uh, the poor, the self leveler poor. And, and do you know, you know, are you talented enough to know when, when it makes sense, when it's realistic, you know, um, availability, you know, uh, my friend said, why don't we get one of those big super cap trucks and, and have them pour this floor for us? Well, it's not available in my area, San Luis Obispo. There's nobody doing that. And, and you know, I'm not going to, uh, I, I don't know, like for a 1400, I mean, we, we were in and out three of us and, and it was a large day. It was a very long day, but we got that. It was, uh, I don't know. It was 12, 15 hours. Let's say, call it 13 hour day. And because we didn't want any cold joints and we just wanted to get it done. And one guy, uh, I, I was humping the mud and I had my two best guys pulling the mud because you know what? They were better than me at it, you know? And, and that's the way it rolled on that one. And so you gotta, you gotta understand what's available to you. You know, is, is mud available? I like the cleanness of foam. I love this comment. So I do too. And so here's the deal situational. That was another point of mine. It's situational. You know, I, we did some track homes and guess what? There's free sand. The plasterers, they leave their free sand there. So three quarters of the fat mud is already there. I just have to bring the, 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 the a little bit of lime and a little bit of Portland and, and the, uh, and the chicken wire or the, uh, the expanded lath, you know, depending on Southern California, Northern California, but we would do the track homes. And that makes so much sense to do mud and track homes and, and go blow them out. Somebody in the, in the Facebook comments said, well, you, you can't be fast with mud. It's like, no, you haven't done track homes. You haven't done, you know, you haven't done work where you're going to, you're going to way outperform anybody, especially with the talent pool. Remember talent pool in California, everybody knows how to float. I taught my guys how to do foam so we could do both. And when we went into condominiums or uh, homes that had finished landscaping, we would do foam. I mean, it's so clean, you know, and, and you can sell the, the warranty. And there's so many reasons to do foam in certain situations, you know. And so it's, it's definitely situational there as well. So then you got, uh, what else we got? Here's another good one marketing. So the way I feel about 
at the end of the day is uh, how are you going to differentiate your business from the other competitors? In California, I differentiated myself by offering foam. To be frank about it, not a lot of contractors were offering foam. So when everybody's going left, think about going right. Think about going upstream because you're going to differentiate yourself. So if you're in the Midwest or, or somewhere where there's not a, a everybody doing mud, it totally makes sense to learn mud and then market the hell out of it. Just like your CTI, just like your license number, just like any sort of qualifications. My man, Ken Balin, he just won uh, an award for his design from the flooring, you know, flooring cover Institute of America, or I, I don't know who the award was from, to be honest. Uh, it escapes my mind. There's so many, um, letters, but, <laughs> and I, and I don't mean that to be funny. I just, I, I just remembered Ken just won an award. And so you're going to market it. You're going to market the fact that you can mud and you can offer this premium service. We got good, better, best. I mean, people love a good, better, best choice. So I really think learning how to mud, investing in that skill, or maybe you do know how to mud. And there's people all over the country that have taken their skill and, and learned how to mud, mud or learned or taken it to another state and really capitalized on the fact that they're different. If you're different and you're doing something different, it means uh, you're desirable. You know, why are you doing something different? Well, you can sell, I, I could sell foam. You got the lifetime warranty. We're going to be cleaner in your house. We're not going to make a, we're not going to clean out our mud box in your, in your landscaped yard. Um, you know, I could sell foam on those regards. And then over here I can sell mud in other regards. You know, there's definitely a time and a place for, for both. And so that's how I really view it. I think I ran through all my points. And then I, I just wanted to highlight, I think, uh, so Craig, Craig Haberman said, foam is so much more profitable for me. He's selling the materials. So that's another consideration. You know, you can sell the materials. Your markup on foam is going to be more than your markup on mud. When you're, when you're marketing mud and you're selling mud, you're really selling your talent and charge, charge the same as foam. And then, and then you would, I mean, there's my argument, but again, definitely a personal decision too, you know? And then Ron Nash said, if I had a tile business, I would try to be excellent in both methods. That way I'm able to do anything that came, came my way. It's very true. You know, it's entirely situation. There are jobs that literally, you know, they should demand mud, but the, the, the pool, the nationwide pool of talented mud installers, frankly, don't know how to do it, you know? Um, and so those jobs either are, are lesser, you know, they're, they're not as intricate or as complex as they could be. And maybe you've got some sort of foam wizard like Rodcat, which can probably replicate, you know, mud closer to anybody being that he comes from the mud background and now he's in the foam business. So maybe you have one of those situations where you can do it. And I'm, I, I, I love to see different things, you know, but we lose these, um, these precious talents over the years. And if you excuse me for one minute. And the, the reality is the people that hang on to this stuff um, are doing a great service to our industry. You know, my friend Malcolm Campbell gave me this book, The Guastavino Vaulting, The Art of Structural Tile. And if you really want to read a, a, a real good tile geek book, you know, and look at some real tile porn, you buy this book here on Amazon, 
and uh, thank Malcolm for introducing you to this family if you haven't read about this family and how, you know, they were uh, highly skilled Masons and the, and the men and women who hang on to any sort of anything that cannot be duplicated by a machine. And we talk about machine learning and I'm watching later Crete's 3D homes being printed and I want to get in on that and learn more about that. And I'm very interested in all of it. But anytime you can preserve a, a talent, something that your grandfathers and great grandfathers passed on throughout the generations, and you're going to preserve that, you're, you're very um, worthy of praise. First of all, you're very intelligent because um, you can't replace some of this stuff with any machine. Uh, I don't care. Uh, you know, it, it's just, I mean, somebody's got to run the machines at the end of the day. There's that. But, but then there's, there's just the fact that it, at some point it doesn't make sense to try to even attempt to preserve it. And we're, we're working in such a, such a high uh, demand fashion industry. It's a fashion industry. I forget who, who said that the other day, but it's really a fashion industry. And that stru stuck with me is, yeah, whether it's mud or foam or whatever, at the end of the day, it's a finished product and it's, it's sexy, it's bling. It's all that good stuff that people love to spend their money on. And guess what? People have more and more money these days and hopefully you do as well. I'm a big believer in investing in yourself, investing in your business. Excuse me. I, uh, TSP Total Solutions Plus just happened this last three or four days. I really wanted to be there. I've been there for uh, three years in a row before this. I had to skip it though. I went to another business seminar and had a phenomenal time. Um, sometimes it helps to look at other industries too. Before the Tile Money podcast, there was no podcast dedicated to the business of tile and no group dedicated to the business of tile. And I looked to other industries and I really started applying other industries to my tile business. And really, and that's really how I started to see like, man, uh, I, I would have, I was searching for a tile business podcast, but so it doesn't hurt to get an outsider's perspective. And the, uh, the conference I went to the phenomenal profits conference, they were really helping service industry professionals learn how to, you know, sell themselves at a higher rate, distinguish themselves. All the things I talked about today with mud, it's just in another industry. What's up guys. How are you doing? Warren? Thanks for checking in from YouTube. More support from reps, manufacturers with foam. That, that might be true. You know, that's probably a very true statement there. Um, I did get into topical waterproofing my mud. So I did have, I guess, a, uh, a cross warranty or a uh, best of both worlds there in that situation. But yeah, at the end of the day, then they can say, they could say, I suppose that you, you did the mud work. So anyways, I'm a big believer in investing in your business. Invest in learning about mud. At least watch a YouTube video or two and see if it's something that's realistic for you or even interesting at all. It might not be. And definitely, you know, do what makes sense uh, and, and do and, you know, do the right thing for your business. But at the end of the day, if you're not pushing yourself, if you're not pushing yourself slightly out of your comfort zone, I tell the, I tell the mud guys, learn foam. And I tell the foam guys and gals, learn mud. You know, push yourself out of your comfort zone to understand the trade better. You know, I, I taught, uh, I taught my guys how to foam and, and they picked it up quick and they picked it up really good because they knew how to mud. And I don't think vice versa, it would have been the same. I don't think you could teach a foam 
contractor or a foam installer how to mud as quick as a, as a mud guy can learn how to foam. Um, for what it's worth, it's just kind of a statement I'll throw out there. Yes, sir. The Pandora's box of technology is open. Yeah, you know what? It and, and here's the thing. Here's the unique thing, and this just emphasizes my point on the uniqueness of it. And if you're in an area where it's not, you know, be unique. Sell a Lamborghini when everybody's selling a Toyota and, and totally pitch it like that. And I'm not saying everybody should do that or wants to, but those of you who are brave and think a little bit outside of the box and want to easily distinguish yourself, it's a good, it's a definitely a good thing to do. That's right. All right, guys. Well, that's it. I ran out of time. I'm going too long here. Uh, hope everybody has a good Wednesday. We had a fantastic meal. It was my turn to cook. So of course it was fantastic. I would say that, <laughs> but it was, uh, I did shrimp and I did a, a Thai soup, a red Thai with a, with a coconut milk, uh, base and uh, red, uh, red, uh, what do they call it? Red curry paste. And it turned out really good. It was a different recipe than I'm, I'm used to, but I, and I'm no Tom Habalt, Habalt, sorry, Tom, <laughs> I'm no Tom from uh, dad's dinners, but I do own an instant pot. So I did use it. So I hope everybody's having a good night and, and listen, if you want to learn more about the tile money use university, just hit me up. I'll be available for a phone call on Friday. We can talk about it, or you can go over to the link in the show notes and check it out. I'm really enjoying one-on-one -on -one coaching and the group coaching we're doing to have a little bit more in depth, uh, discussions, a little bit more personable. I'm getting to know the members of the university uh, in their unique businesses so that I can uh, best help them grow into the business and, and craft their vision and set goals and keep them on track. You know, so much of what we do as um, business owners, whether we succeed or fail, has to do not with the knowledge. I mean, so many of us have the knowledge, uh, whether it's learned or experienced life or a mix, but it's with the, with the, um, with the follow through, you know, the implementation of the knowledge and just going forth and, and pursuing it and putting it into action. And that's really what the group coaching is all about. It's keeping people on track. And in fact, I think that's one of the strengths of this podcast in general and the Facebook group is just reminding people, oh yeah, we're in business too. All right, Tile friends. Well, like, like, every, uh, like every time I sign off, stay positive out there. A lot of crazy stuff going on. And, and above all else, please, please, please stay profitable, Tile friends. All right, over and out. We'll talk at you later.